There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. On this day in history, surgeons gave a 14-day-old girl, referred to as Baby Faye, the heart of a young baboon. She did only survive for 20 days after the operation, but this was still considered a breakthrough in heart transplants. What the Fuck History, where this time we're discussing the spookiest and strangest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am that thing that you shouldn't have released from the tomb, Zachary, and to answer your question, yes, it is always a plague of locusts. I'm Megan, and uh, just because I majored in this doesn't mean I know what's going on, especially the spooky stuff. They did not cover that in class. And my name's Matt. I have been uh, confused for a balding Sasquatch when hunting in the woods, but that's not important right now. Let's get into it. Uh, We played a game of rock, paper, scissors before the episode started, and Megan's going to be going first this week. Take that, democracy. Um, (laughs) The ultimate deciding factor. I did kind of want to preface this episode with a, a, a small disclaimer that there's a there's a good chance that our um our stories might not be the the laugh factories that all our other stories have been up till now. I don't know what stories you're talking about. Mine have been the existential dread of these episodes this whole time. All I'm saying is that <laughs> this one fair. might be a little bit uh harder because it's our spoopy episode for Halloween. Yeah, uh, I don't know if the rubber chicken I'm holding currently is going to be a good gag bit material for this one, but I'm I'm going to try. Hey, as long as we're all <laughs> trying. <laughs> I love the idea of you holding on to a rubber chicken just to make it scream at some point later on in the episode. You don't realize I'm just sitting here with it right next to the microphone the entire oh, time. Oh, it's, it's like your recording chance. buddy. It's definitely the uh, the team mascot. It's it's just sitting there waiting to go. Oh my god, that's actually nightmare fuels. We Which can... reminds me, let's get into my story. Yeah, let's. Uh, uh, first question: Have you heard of the Blood Countess? No. Okay, perfect. I've heard those words individually. Yeah, well, as long as you've heard them individually, but together, let me weave this tale for you. Go for it. I have a question. Go ahead. Questions first. He already has a question. Uh, yeah, I and Megan's so into. quick to just be like. <laughs> Instead of we'll save the questions for the end, I've told you one thing. Go ahead and ask all your questions. Yeah, and we'll I see want them up answer. front. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. I was going to do a funny bit where like, I do the Transylvania voice and ask if she's a vampire, but I think it's kind of dead now. Like, the, the, the time for the joke was there. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, she was, she is heart, sort of like a vampiric legend. 
You definitely staked that joke in the heart. Please. With a wooden stake. Please. But, okay, vampiric legend lady, I'm ready. All right, so her name Please was... Continue. Her name was Elizabeth Bathory, and she's considered one of the most prolific female murderers with a victim count at her trial numbering anywhere from 80 people to 650. Uh, wow. Yeah, you know, How go hard you or go home. that... Like, okay, so... <laughs> I mean, because she didn't fucking snitch on herself. No, this is, but this is what I'm saying is like, you've just said two wildly different numbers. numbers. Wildly different. You have 80, a possible 80, which is like, okay, go off, sis. And then you said 650. And I'm thinking to myself, what did she do other than murder? If that's like her whole life, like her whole life just spent murdering. Yes, you know how most like Karens have that live, laugh, love sign in their home. Oh, my God. This chick just had the quote after a first murder. It only takes two more to become a serial killer. Mm. And then she didn't stop at that. She went to 650. Maybe There wasn't there wasn't even like three options. It wasn't live, laugh, love. It was just like murder, murder, murder. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't live, laugh, love. It just was replaced and written over it in blood, kill, kill, kill. Yeah, exactly. Kill, stab, murder. Got it. So she's the lady that is accused of bathing in her victim's blood to retain her youth, if that, like, rings any bells. But let's... Oh, that's hot. Yeah, that's pretty hot. But let's start at the beginning, okay? Before any more questions. Kill number one. <laughs> kill number one. <laughs> Um, no. All right, I'll, I'll put myself on mute to shut up for a minute. So uh, she was born in uh, 1560 uh, to parents that were somehow related because she was born to a notable, noble Hungarian family. Mm-hmm. And as nobles tend to, you know, like the incest and yeah. have the familial ties, keep well, it in the family. Keep the bloodline pure. Yeah, got to keep it pure. Keep it in the family. Um, she it led to her suffering from seizures mm-hmm. and epilepsy. So to cure this, the treatment was uh, rub the blood of a non-sufferer on the lips of the afflicted, or after the afflicted is done having a, a fit, give them the blood of the non-sufferer and a piece of their skull when the episode ended and let me just paint a picture imagine being a kid an adult and an adult handing you like a piece of bone and blood being like time for your medicine you sick bitch like i can see how uh you know if this is a common place that you're used to i guess i can see how this is a slippery slope yeah, but if you've <laughs> like had, i'm a sane person i'm not gonna be or, or like if you've had seizures all your life and someone tells you like this is how we cure the blood them. Is good? You're not really gonna I mean, go against it, right? No, I mean, you probably start not. questioning it once you like get older and the seizures are still happening, and you're like, wait a minute, wasn't I supposed to be like cured of this three blood lip and skull <laughs> meals like ago? <laughs> ago? Yeah, but. Listen, yeah, I don't even. I, I, I don't I'd know. like to know where they were like getting the skulls. Yeah, to. were they ethically sourced? Yeah, <laughs> were they were they free range skulls? Also, how do you know like the skulls are from someone that doesn't have the seizure? Like, if you're digging them up in the cemetery, it's not like here lies Gary from Hungary. Well, I'd imagine didn't that it suffer needs to be from a fresh epilepsy, skull, right? I, it does not specify. Okay, well, that's. I mean, these records need to be better. 
Yeah, they definitely need to be better in 1560 Hungary. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, like, her needing this blood to, like, handle these seizures has led to speculation of that's why she killed people, to cure this disease that she had. Oh, so it was, like, childhood-induced psychosis, basically. Like, people all around her were like, you need blood! And she was like, I have no reason to question this. So I'm gonna but you need I'm gonna go out and drain this. people if that's cool. Is that cool? Yeah. No. Is that All right, cool? I'm doing it though. And then her like father uncle was like, yeah. Father uncle. <laughs> Sounds can, good. Wait, wait. I I I don't know if it might make it too cool, but can we call it a funkle? Like a I, I don't know. Like Simon this and Garfunkel? Kind of is that like what we're funky. going with right now? <laughs> yeah. Hello, Simon and Garfunkel. Her Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, her Simon and Garfunkel was like, Let, this is cool. Damn, My dude. dearest Funkel. <laughs> I, I can't. Damn. I can't. All I'm thinking of is like Gravity Falls where they call him Grunkle Stan. Grunkle Stan. Yeah. I, okay, but Grunkle Stan's cool. Yeah, He's I not... mean, true. It's not an actual Uncle Father. <laughs> we're off the rails we should we're get off that. the rails but okay so she was married at 15 her husband gave her a castle for their wedding standard along with fair, 17 yeah. yeah standard standard wedding i was about to say like this entire thing i forget that hungry is a bunch of red fucking flags in this time period <laughs> it's just a lot of things wrong. so he gave her a castle and 17 adjacent villages and he was like here my loving wife like here's people you're 15 um, years my old, child here, bride. <laughs> my 15-year-old love, here is 17 people. And then villages. you've got the one guy in the countryside that's just, wee-woo, wee-woo, no 15-year-old <laughs> should have that amount of power. Definitely not. So her husband ends up going away to war for a long time, and she has control of all of this land. And when he dies, he leaves her and her children in the charge of this guy. How many children did she have at the age of 15? Well, this was 29 years later. Oh, okay. Like, he dies way into the future. We didn't fade to black, and you didn't tell me how many years... Yeah, the time, like, montage didn't play. But, like, once he dies, you know, he leaves her in the care of this other man who eventually leads the investigation against her into her crimes. And the rumors of which began to spread until the king was like, yo, someone's gonna check out all these dead people. Um... So according to 300 witness testimonies, her first victims were girls aged 10 to 14. That and then she started right. Yeah, it sounds about right. And then she started killing the daughters of the lesser gentry who were sent to the court to learn etiquette. So these consisted of like abductions were not out of the question and her crimes also consisted of severe beatings, mutilation, freezing and starvation and covering girls in honey and live ants. Which is, <laughs> oh, like, uh, like all this stuff. It was non, very non-specific until you hit the honey and so, eggs, yeah. and that's a whole new thing. I was that, not when that was... Story, when this story started. I assumed, like, as as was the train of thought with almost all of us. I think I assumed that this woman was killing to like feed her medical things, but if she's well, you know what? Maybe dipping the girls in honey before she sucked their blood was 
who can really say, you know? Well, like, some of the accounts that I read, too, was like, we had one uncle who, you know, taught her about Satanism, and then an aunt who was really into sadomasochism. And it's like, we got a really, we have a family thing happening here. Hungary is full of red flags. We have confirmed this. (laughs) We have confirmed this. Um, but other reports have, uh, like, the relatives of missing girls, like, saying, hey, uh, the dead body showed up that has, like, evidence of torture on it. And then others said they personally witnessed the Countess killing young girls. But most of the witnesses said that they heard the accusations like, through hearsay, right? Like, other people told them that these things were happening. They didn't see it themselves. And the servants who were these witness testimonials, they confessed under torture, which, like, I don't know legal terms, but uh, might not be legal (laughs) today. Yeah, so, like, Hungary just continuing its string of red flags. Yeah, the red flags are everywhere at this point. But overall, the accusations of murders were based on rumors, and there were no documents to prove that anyone in the area complained about the Countess. But she was arrested, and although they thought about executing her, killing a powerful noble was a public scandal, um, as public as something can be when news travels slowly in, like, the early 1600s. She killed 650 people. We are voting today on whether or not to put her to death. I don't know, sir. Looks, uh, looks kind of bad on our part if we just kill her because she's a noble, you know? With all due respect, sir, it seems kind of sus if we do that. There could be an uprising. (laughs) With all due respect, sir, if we kill one noble, how many more will show up at our doorstep wanting to kill us? How many more nobles have to die because of this one lady? Like, I, I cannot help but think in my brain, like, the amount of... Rich and powerful people that get away with bullshit in today's day day and age. And then I look back on this things and I'm like, well, I mean, I guess they didn't go on a 650 person murder spree. Like, it doesn't make it right, but I mean, that's cool. But they didn't I don't have that to worry people. about. I just, like, don't think a whole lot has changed, right? Like, rich and powerful people, like, the lady was accused of killing 650 people, and they're like, oh, but, like, she has so much money. Now, was she brought up on charges for 650 people? Because at the beginning of the story, you said that the number was between 80 and 650, so what was their official count when they charged her? It's hard to say because I saw a bunch of conflicting accounts. They, when they took the 300 witness statements, they said she killed 80 people. That's like how many people they could account for. But one of the servants claimed that they saw a diary of hers where she listed every single person that she oh killed. God. And it said 650. That's fucking but terrifying, first of all. He, she had a little black she book had a little, of dead people. Yeah, it, but no one else ever saw that book okay so one account says 650 and several others say at least 80 so it's somewhere between there and we don't quite fucking yeah, but that's know. the but most really, annoying statement ever yeah but like really who can say because some Picture have a argued, math problem like that i got an answer somewhere between 80 and 650 and both could be right i don't know 
I don't know. If the Countess is 15 years old and starts killing, <laughs> and then she kills two people every week, bi-weekly, for the next 20 years, how many people did the Countess kill? <laughs> I swear to God, if someone does that math... Hang on. Hold on. I gotta do... I gotta yeah, do, so do doing, I'll be gone for a second. Hold up. We're doing... There are 52 weeks in so, a year. Yep. Yep. You divide that by two. So, uh, two. You multiply that by... So 26. Yeah, it's 26. And then you said she kills two people. Two, two people a, a week by week. So then it's like. So basically 50. It's 52 people a year. And then okay. from Times 15. 20. I said for 20 years. So yeah, yes. so 52 people. That would actually be 1,040 people. That's more than her kill. Oh, okay. I mean. So she took vacation. I think that's, I think that's possible. So she like, was going You slow. don't think about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it came in waves. I don't know those how she did Those are numbers. Thing, you got to pump you, those numbers up. You got to pump those numbers. Like, I'm sitting there being like, Countess, look here. Psychotic villain to one, like, crazy villain. Like, that's one person a week for 20 years. Like, oh, you got 17 villages. Jeez. You can get, you got plenty See, of fucking that's why I think that the, the, the number probably trends much higher than 80. Like, 650 doesn't sound that crazy when you consider that she was gifted um, 17, 17 fucking villages. villages? <laughs> yeah, like, again, so, so one person goes missing every week out of the seven. Or not, not even one person goes missing. Like, one person from the, yeah, out of those 17 villages is killed a week. That means 52 divided by 17, um, I'm doing math, is 3.05, there's 3.06. So, we'll say three. That means three people a year from a village go missing. You can attribute that to, like, wild anything, animals. Yeah. I feel like, Literally anything. And, and not only that, but this is a long time ago, and I'm not trying to suggest you should try killing people and getting away with it, but you can kill a lot of people and get away with it back then. It sounds Holy like this shit. bitch could have bonfires in her backyard of like... <laughs> but also, this is my thing. I'm thinking that she's like sitting with... Like, she's probably got one servant that's really close to her, and she probably confided a lot of her secrets into... And it's like, yeah. where do you want to go for dinner? And it's like, how about this village? And she's like, no, I ate someone from there last week. <laughs> it's I like she's like trying to taste. figure out McDonald's. And she's just like, no, I had someone from that town, uh, Honestly, you know, like a those week ago. Villagers, those villagers are a little too gamey for me. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, I'm going to have to pass. I'm looking for I don't something like with the a little ones. bit more fat content. Yeah, well, the ones lady, that live by the sea. If you starved them a little bit less, you could probably. And she's like, noted, noted. Give them some <laughs> no. more food. Make a bakery or something, because I need me some sugar boys. You realize that like there's no taxes in this place, but the taxes that you may die. Mm. Mm. <laughs> some of you it's, may you might... die, but that's a sacrifice <laughs> I'm willing money, to make. You're well fed and you're very fat and happy, but you have like. A 1 in 17 chance of being God, killed. this is Hansel oh and Gretel, but God. with one bitch being the queen of 17 villages. She's the woman, <laughs> she's the witch in, in the, she's the witch in the fucking woods, but she's feeding candy <laughs> to every, like, she walks through the village and she's just tossing out candy, and she's making notes like, we'll kill that one and eat him later. Like. Okay, but, I'm sorry, she didn't eat people, she just drank their blood. 
Oh no, she was also uh, cannibalism was on there. She was taking bites oh, okay. out of people's faces. It was, oh, that was says like the witnesses. Yeah, says the witnesses though. Oh, but they were under duress. Well, so that mm. I want like that brings me to the last part of the story. And some people have argued that she was a victim of politically motivated conspiracy. Like she was a powerful lady with a lot of wealth, and at one point, no husband. So she sat on strategically important lands that the king wanted, and it stood to benefit a lot of people to discredit uh. and ruin her. Oh, so so like, you're saying that this whole story could be made up. Yeah, so, like, best-case scenario, like, maybe she was a real bad employer and abused her servants. And And worst-case scenario, (laughs) she killed and ate people. She was a demon. (laughs) Or, middle ground, it's somewhere in between. She only killed and ate a few people. Just a couple. Honestly, that's the real hot take. If If she was just in the middle. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. That's where the 80 came from. Not only was she <laughs> not only was she like politically needed or like she was she was just thrown in the mud, but she was like it was then that she decided, you know what, if they're gonna accuse me of eating people, I'm just gonna fucking eat people. <laughs> she was like, Listen, if I'm gonna be That's accused why her of something number is awful, so low. Oh, they never be- found because the other halfway ones. no, because halfway through getting told that she was a baby eater, she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to eat Fuck people. It. If you want me to do it, I'll fucking do it. Listen. It's like, it just they, they, they brought her into court and they're like, we accuse you of, of murder and cannibalism and bathing in people's blood. And she's like, I didn't do it. And they're like, but we have witnesses. And then she's just like, fine. Fucking bet. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I'll do it right now. <laughs> I'll do it right now. If you want me to do it? I'll do it right the fuck now. Give me one of them right now in a room. Ten minutes. <laughs> Give me a fork and a knife. I want a clawfoot tub, a knife, and 30 minutes privacy. 30 minutes privacy in the privacy of my own castle bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking bonkers. That's a crazy fucking story. I know. I it, like, it takes you on so many paths. I I really kind of hope that it is just like a smear campaign of a political rival because honestly, also why can't we have smear campaigns of political rivals be that cool today? Yeah, I don't I don't know, <laughs> I don't want to get like the... I don't want to wade too too deep into any politics here, but like I do I do wonder what this presidential uh, cycle would look like this election cycle would look like if literally one of the candidates walked out and said he eats people (laughs) he's bathing in the blood of virgins it's like whoa i can't like i i I, even if you go back to like early early america there was one time where i think it was jefferson or adams and they like both got into a heated rivalry against each other and at one point one of them i can't remember which one it was i have to look into it and it's a short tidbit not enough to actually put in an episode so don't get your hopes up yet um, one of them like went to a newspaper and published the other one was dead, and like the newspaper <laughs> was just like, okay, I guess that they're dead. And, like, I think it was John. I think Jefferson said that John Adams was dead, and like John Adams just like fucking picks up a newspaper the next day and is like, hmm, I'm what? <laughs> Dude, can you imagine though, like waking up and being like, oh my god, this takes so much pressure off of everything. Yeah, so this <laughs> I'm is just the, this dead. is the same for this uh, 
This is the same for this young girl, except it's like, she kills and eats babies. And she's like, fuck, I've got a lot of work to catch up on. Yeah, she's like, I have a reputation now. I was gonna say, is it fuck I got a lot of work to catch up on? Or, fuck, I can finally do it! Like, <laughs> damn! Been waiting for this day. Here I go, a killing again. Here I go. <laughs> She's like, finally, like, society's restrictions are taken off. <laughs> well, I guess this is this. God. Like, I, I don't want d- people dead, but like... That's just such a I crazy story. I also can't story. change things. It's such a crazy story. I can't, yeah... I know. And, and, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, like, part of me is like, oh, my God, I hope it is just a smear campaign and I want people to be okay. But part of me, like, it's too fucking good. It's too to fantastic, want, to not, right? It's like, too fantastic to be like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I hope this was a smear campaign. Like, part of me, like, there's the rational part of my brain that says, like, I hope this is just political bullshit. And then the illogical part of my brain that's like, oh my god, but like, tell me this is fucking I know, real. but like, what if it's true? Because ultimately, she comes down through history as a legend. A terrible legend, but like, but... what your imagination runs with it, honestly. Like, she becomes oh. a real-life, like, female demon that just sat on a bunch of land, ruled over 17 villages, and was just flipping off the Hungarian monarchy while like, eating people while eating people while eating people okay damn okay so yeah okay. Uh, so, uh, who's, <laughs> shall I'm, we go in the order of who lost rock yeah, paper I'm scissors going, i'm going i next. was gonna say segways are hard we did rocks paper scissors we did rock, segways paper, are scissors. really hard um we're gonna go from cannibalism to cannibalism is that cool I love it. I love it. Keep on the cannibalism okay. cat. I have a question for you guys. Have you ever heard of someone named Terrer? No. Okay. Um, I hesitate. I hesitate to even call this a someone uh, because all of the accounts that I've read of this eldritch being, this abomination, <laughs> uh, claim that. He is the most terrifying thing if you were to have ever beheld him. Uh, he was French. Um, the, oh, you're right. I'm already the, <laughs> I'm scared. Mm, mm. The you know you know my I feelings do know your already. feelings on the French. Um, <laughs> Zach has been quoted as calling the French cheese eating surrender monkeys um, on more than one occasion. So I mean. <laughs> In, in 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 the possibility of offending some of our audience, if they will be or are be French, are be Arby's, we have the meat, are be fresh, French. Um, uh, prove me wrong. Yeah. Fucking prove me wrong. That's all I have to say. Fucking prove me I wrong. I hope someone like posts their thesis and whatever comments like thread we have under this. It's just like thesis on proving this one kid from this obscure history podcast wrong. 500 pages. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read all of it. I'll read every single word. Oh, and you know what I'm going to put at the end for my one comment? Yeah, go on. Fucking fight me, you cheese-eating surrender monkey. <laughs> Damn. So anyways. Like... Fucking throw hands. So anyways. anyways. This guy... But yeah, go on. Uh, he was born in 1772 um, in a town called Lyon, uh, or I don't know if I am pronouncing that right. It's spelled L-Y-O-N, so as the French pronounce it, it's probably <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, he 
had a condition called um, hyperphagia, which Ooh. is the medical term for um, excessive and extreme hunger. So, like, this dude could eat, right? And then stay eating forever. Um, and uh. by the time that he was 17, his parents kicked him out of his house because they could not support his appetite. Can you imagine yeah. for a moment, like, your parents kicking you out? Not because, like, you were into some real shady stuff, but, like, you just ate You just too ate. Much. This, this dude, um... So, I'm, I'm not gonna lie... I have seen my parents' grocery bill when I am, uh, like, there for a week. And I am surprised they haven't kicked me out for the amount of food I've eaten. I don't even have this thing. Yeah. So, the craziest thing about this guy, though, is his physical description is fucking oh, yes. terrifying. Please give it to me. Doctors who, uh, who, you know, met this man... He weighed. My body is. He ready. weighed less than a hundred pounds. Okay. What? He weighed less than a hundred pounds. My body is not. Yeah, ready. exactly. He had a deformed jaw. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, picture a snake unhinging its jaw. No. This guy could do that shit. No. This guy could, like, rip open his jaw and, like, shove shit in there, right? Um, So, he was only 100 pounds. He had, um, obviously, the insatiable appetite that goes along with hyperphagia. Um, And a snake jaw? Yeah, dude. so, but oh, he also gosh. had, he also had, like, super rubbery skin. So, like, no. his stomach skin would stretch to, like, inhuman levels to fit all the food that he was constantly shoveling into himself. I, I was wondering how he didn't eat himself, like, gorge himself to death. And the answer is an expandable stomach. Yeah. They say that when his stomach was empty, his skin would sag so deeply that you could tie the folds of skin together. Um, oh, like a belt, no. and his uh, his cheeks would droop like elephant ears. But the most crazy thing about this what guy, you, aside from you know you the mean? snake jaw, aside from the snake jaw, is the fact that he had visible, like vapor lines of scent coming off him. Like what? 
So, you know how in comic books, they'll yeah. depict someone who smells like shit with, like, those squiggly <laughs> vapor lines? Yeah, go on. <laughs> People say that he legitimately had vapor lines coming off his body. Ridiculous. Like, he smelled so bad? He smelled so badly that you could visibly see it in the air around him. No. So, he gets kicked out of his house at 17, right? And he decides to um, he decides to join the circus. He uh, he lumps himself in with a band of traveling uh, performers, um, most of them being like prostitutes and thieves who would really only have these like showman performances to pick the pockets of people who would come. But that being said, he was their star attraction. He would sit on stage and eat anything. He, as I mentioned, had the deformed jaw so he could swing that open and pour an entire basket of apples down his mouth and hold them in his cheeks like he was a chipmunk. Um, he would swallow things like wine corks, stones, and living animals. No. And he would do this in front of crowds of people, right? And because it's so sickening to watch, um, all the thieves in the audience are just fucking uh, having a blast. Having like a field day. This is. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm looking at a. I'm looking at a drawing of him with a cat. Yeah. Halfway in his so this is right actually now. this is actually a quote from someone who saw his act, someone who went to his act live, and it says, "Quote: He seized a live cat with his teeth." eventrated, which means disemboweled, it sucked its blood and ate it, leaving the bare skeleton only. He also ate dogs in the same manner. On one oh. occasion, it is said that he was, uh, that he swallowed a living eel without even chewing it. So no matter where he went, right, this guy has this reputation. He, like, he goes to these towns and people come to watch in shock and horror as this man just eats um, live cats and dogs. Um, and it's it's often said that dogs and cats would flee uh, at the sight of him because because they somehow sensed uh, what this, what was coming. This monster, this yeah. horrible. So like. I'm looking up poly or hyperphagia, yeah. and it doesn't say any of the things. Oh no 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 no! He's, he's a fucking displaying. medical. He's a medical anomaly. Polyphagia, hyperphagia is usually just like excessive eating. This kid yeah. was like excessive eating to the point where, like, he swallowed fucking dogs. He, yeah, he would just eat whatever. Um, so anyways, after being, after being a, uh, a traveling showman, he gets recruited to the, uh, to the army, the French army, um, the revolutionary army. And, uh, he's eating so much that they like quadruple his rations. And even after they quadruple his rations, he's still eating the garbage and refuse from, like, all the other soldiers. Like, they found him in the garbage piles night after night. Um, oh, my God. Where he's no. just, like, eating all this stuff. But 
the craziest thing about this story, as if his story is not crazy enough. Yeah, like, what else are you going to throw at me? <laughs> like, I'm already just still thinking about his unhinged snake jaw and his rubbery skin. Yeah. I, I love the reason why, because I, I, as soon as we started talking about it, I looked, like, looked into it a hot second. Yeah. I love the reason why they wanted him to join the yeah. army. So, General Alexandre de Bahamas. I don't know. That was it's, good. I have no idea how I that assume. name's pronounced. But um, he uh, he had this thought, like, okay, this guy can eat whatever. He can, you know, dump whatever. And things remain, you know, mostly dissolved but intact on the other side. Like, the hard stuff. Like, if he ate bones, right? Those would come out as, like, stripped bones. So, this guy says... I know exactly what I can get him to do. I'm going to make yeah. him eat a box that has a secret message that we're trying to, you know, swing over to allies on the other side of, you know, wherever. Right? So yeah. he's like, eat this wooden box. Don't stop at all until you get it to who you've got to get it to. Um, and of co of course... Uh, this guy gets captured. He gets captured, and the I think he was trying to sneak through Prussia at the time, so he wasn't able to speak German. And so they caught him, and they're like, okay, this guy's up to some shady shit. Yeah, this um, shady guy who this can't shady speak fucking, German and also is suspiciously French. This shady maybe. fucking frog guy. Um, <laughs> so he couldn't speak German, and they're like, this guy's sus as fuck. Uh, this guy's sus. So they they beat him, they torture him, uh, and I'll I'll also mention this is a task for these people. Like this is torture for the people torturing him because it's said that he stunk so badly that he couldn't be tolerated within twenty paces. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting his visible vapor lines. Yeah, his visible <laughs> vapor lines. So he told. He told the Prussians who had captured him about the secret message uh, that was hiding in his gut for them. Everything eating surrender. Yeah, monkey. yeah, yeah. And uh, so they chained they chained him to a toilet and they waited for him to um, evacuate. And Wait, uh, how big was the box? I don't. I yeah, I, I truly don't know, but I don't think it matters to a guy that routinely ate dogs. Yeah, dude. It um, you know what? It doesn't matter to, like, real-life Luffy. Like, he's one piece in this shit. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I ate a gum-gum fruit when I was 17. Nothing matters. So, um... <laughs> so, however, once the Prussians got the note out of his stomach, uh, it was just a note from the general that had sent him on this task. Uh, to the recipient of that note, wondering if Tarar had successfully delivered it. So, like, this it was, was a test. test. Yeah, this was a test run to see if it would work, oh, and it man. failed. Um, but he, uh, the Prussians who uh, who captured him, were so angry uh, that they um, they let him go. Uh, they let him go after he started sobbing uh, at his hanging. And they felt oh bad for him, God. so they were like, go away. 
Your French um, tears are moving us. Yeah, please. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, they're just like embarrassed for him. So then right? once they're just like, yeah, we can't no, look. they legitimately took pity on him. The guy's like openly sobbing. Um, he looks pathetic as fuck. And he smells. And he smells awful. He smells bad. So <laughs> he uh, he had been being seen by two doctors while he was in the French army. Uh, Baron Percy and Dr. Uh, Corville, uh, who ran tests on him trying to understand, like, what he was, basically. Like I said, he's an eldritch abomination. Um, yeah. But he was, by the time that he got back to France after this failed attempt at um, spycraft, he was begging these people to make him normal, right? He's like, I just want to be like everyone else, find a way to fix me, yada, yada, yada. So they were trying to give him, like, all these crazy remedies to fix the hyperphagia, but he... Or whatever else he had, because it clearly yeah. isn't just that. No, like, he was definitely, my like, skin normal? he was definitely God's mistake. Um, oh, God, but, no. <laughs> but no matter, no matter what they did for him to try and, like, solve his problems, he just kept getting hungrier. Um, and he was looking for meals in, like, desperate places, uh, because he was in an army hospital. He started drinking the blood of people who were, um, patients. So this is tainted blood that had been removed from, like, other patients. Oh, okay, it had already been removed, because what I'm picturing is, like, him crouching, like, in the dead of night, like, rolling up with a tube and a needle, and he's just, like, sucking on it like a straw, and they wake up. It's a fucking bendy straw. Yeah, like... but they, like, they wake up in the night, yeah. and they're just like, what, what are you doing? What's happening? <laughs> What's I don't happening? have any blood left. Um, <laughs> so he was also accused on several occasions of eating the dead bodies in the morgue. Oh, here's where the cannibalism comes in. Um, I see. However, and like, I I need to underscore the fact that the French army was like, to some degree, had to have been okay with this because he didn't get kicked out of the army. They were like, we have a lot of stuff going on. And like, this guy is the least of our problems. Yeah. Also, he can eat whole boxes and that's pretty cool. So the reason that he ends up getting... Um, getting dismissed from the army and getting uh, kicked out of uh, the hospital where um, this Baron Percy and uh, Dr. Corville work is um, a 14-month-old baby went missing. No. And uh, the rumors around the hospital were that Terrere had ate it. No, So they, um, they chased him out of the hospital. They're like, get... Out. The French army does not draw a whole lot of lines in the sand, but this hospital draws the line at baby eating. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so he dies in, oh, uh, just, in 1798 of tuberculosis, and the doctor who had been working on him for so long is notified that, like, this guy that he'd been studying for so long is dying, so he's like, well, obviously... I need to stop whatever surgery I'm in the middle of and just fucking book it to Versailles where this guy is dying of tuberculosis. Yeah, like, the guy who's going to make my medical career. I literally, I want to read you guys an excerpt from the autopsy 
of Terrare. Yes, the entrails were putrefied, confounded <laughs> together, and immersed in pus. The liver was excessively large, void of consistence, and in a putrescent state. The gallbladder of is the gallbladder was of considerable magnitude. The stomach in a lax state and having ulcerated patches dispersed about it covered almost the whole of the abdominal region. Not so, only like, was liquefied. his skin super loose, but like his his stomach filled almost the entirety of his body cavity. Oh. Oh, like it's it's so good, but it's also just so. Oh, yeah, I'm no just like kidding. so interesting. Right? Like, I wish I had enough medical knowledge to sort of sit down and be like, "Oh, here are the things that it could be." But honestly, I, I don't. I want to know. It sounds like an an actual horror story. The thing is, like the the other part is like the fact that it was he was all filled with pus. Yeah, like, like all of his fucking all filled. of his uh, his organs were putrid and deteriorated. Which tells me, like, and again, I'm not super. I'm not a. I'm not a doctor. Right. I'm a fucking idiot on a podcast. But which tells me that like he probably had extensive reoccurring internal hemorrhaging from like swallowing whole things, and it didn't heal right. And he was just constantly, like, getting sick from these things. Yeah. But he didn't know because the hunger was so enormous. It was all-consuming. The craziest oh, thing about God. it, though, like, so imagine, right, his stomach fills his entire body cavity. And his yeah. skin sags to such a degree that, like, the excess skin can be made into a belt if you wanted to. Right? Like, you could tie it around his midsection. So imagine him eating these dogs and cats and live eels and like what that looks like to a crowd that gets to watch his stomach fucking fill with all of these things. Yeah, like, is he not chewing them at all? But not only that, because his stomach was so full or because, you know, it can, it, like it's his whole body cavity I can only imagine that, like, if you're eating an entire bushel of apples, everyone in the crowd, because of the elasticity of your skin, can see those apples as they shift and move in your stomach, right? So you throw a fucking live eel into that mix. Oh, oh, no. And you can see that live eel moving around. So... Um, the only thing probably grosser than his autopsy report is um, descriptions of his bathroom leavings. He would go, he would go to the bathroom after eating and would leave pretty much everything. Like it would just come out of him. Oh my God. And surgeons who like were, again, these surgeons who were checking on him or like, keeping keeping tabs on him again they could they could probably make their career out of this guy right they described his leavings as as like repugnant beyond all conception of what you would deem the the human mind yeah like they literally said we couldn't 
even come close to describing it if we wanted to oh my goodness and this is like at the end this is the the latter half of the 1700s too so like the medical community was pretty used to just being like yeah i don't know looks gross must be an act of god (laughs) oh man well that was fucking i've learned too much too much honestly but no that was really good uh you definitely kept it within the cannibalism vein and well i aim to entertain yeah honestly i will say also there is along this same vein um and i'm not going to cover it because we don't have time but charles domery was a soldier that served in the prussian and french army and also was recorded having this insane appetite him and Torreira are the only, like, two people in history to be, like, have this insanity. Weren't they contemporaries? Like, because I remember, I that name sounds familiar. He was in the 1700s as well, Who is right? this? Yeah. Um, it was um, Charles Domery. But the thing with Charles is, instead of, like, him just being a sideshow, he became a fucking experiment. Well, I mean, Torreira did... Yeah, Ter- yeah, Terrer did too, but, like, they fucking pushed it. At f- so there was one time where they were like, let's see how much we can do. So at 4 a.m., they fed him four pounds of raw cow udder. At 9.30, he was given five pounds of raw beef and 12 candles, which totaled one pound, and a bottle of porter. At 1, Domery was given another meal of five pounds of beef and a pound of candles and three large bottles of porter. And during the entire experiment, he didn't shit, he didn't piss, and he didn't vomit. I like the candles, how they were just thrown in. It's just like, mm. Yeah! Nothing. Well, they were tallow candles. Okay. So it's fucking, he was just given a pound of fat to eat. It's like, <laughs> yum. Like. And this is from the actual recording of this experiment. And it says, The eagerness with which he attacks his beef when his stomach is not gorged resembles the ferocity of a hungry wolf, tearing off and swallowing it with canine greediness. When his throat is dry from continued exercise, he lubricates it by stripping the grease off the candles between his teeth, which he generally finishes at three mouthfuls, and wrapping the wick like a ball, string and all, sends it after the swallow. He can, when no choice is left, make shift to dine on immense quantities of raw potatoes or turnips, but from choice he never desires to taste of bread or vegetables. He's like, man, I'll eat whatever you want, but I draw the line at bread and, and vegetables. At vegetables. Don't even give me that green stuff. Oh, man. Like, and again, this was just a quick, quick on, on this other guy, Charles Domery. But, like, Domery and Terrer, fuck, that's just, I don't, I like to eat, but there's just, that's not okay. They were definitely, yeah, like you said earlier, Matt, like, mistakes. Yeah, they were God's mistakes. They were, you know, we got it a little bit wrong, and uh, that's what happens. I mean, so the thing about uh, the Domery, because I am looking into Charles Domery now, as far as, like, physical descriptions, he wasn't close to that. No. So, like, Terrere literally was an eldritch abomination, and Charles Domery is just, like, a dude that ate. Yeah, he, he did not have any of the physical abnormalities that Terrer did. And Terrer also was, as you said, like, it's recorded that Terrer could, like, pull his jaw down so much that it would be four inches yeah. 
of mouth gap, and you can see into his stomach. Yucky. That being said, we should probably move on on from cannibalism. Yeah, well, who wants to talk about dead babies? I mean, we just did. We already, dude. We're already on the train. Go on. So let's go. Toot toot, dead baby time. I think it's the third. Actually, no, because you were talking about dead babies in the other one too. What's all? It's the dead baby episode. It's the spooky dead baby. Well, it's the eating people, (laughs) dead baby eating people episode. It's a lot of things. So this is not about eating people. This is about photography. Oh, that's nice. A noble profession. Uh, Kind of. Uh, An honest profession. Uh, An honest profession also in Victorian London. Of course. Okay. Um, So a little bit of background. Like, one of the first big commercially accessible photography types was the daguerreotype. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I'm pronouncing that. Um, But the thing about the daguerreotype is it was expensive. Uh, it, 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 may, it took a lot of materials, it took a lot of time, and it was just expensive. Uh, roughly costing about, like, between what we'd say today, $81.50 or $195 per photograph. That's say a that again? So, yeah. It cost between somewhere between, like, $82 or $195. Oh, okay, so it's not as bad as $80 to $650. No, 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 no. Well, no. I guess I guess that's not too much because if you think about like senior portraits, right, for a high school, they're just like that'll be two hundred dollars, and you're like, I guess I'll take out a second mortgage on my house that I don't own yet as a high school student. <laughs> also, this is the equivalent of oh yeah, you going to like CVS and being like, can you develop these? And they're thirty cents a picture. Okay, if that. Okay, if that's what we're talking about, and like not. If, like, yeah, this was a process, and they did have like photograph studios and things like that where they'd set things up, and like it was a nice. Or, but even like going to a photography studio and you buy a couple of, you, so you buy one five by seven. It's not going to cost you eighty two dollars, is it? Well, also, is that in today's money or in like uh, good old, yeah, good old Victorian money? Yeah, what's the inflation? I adjusted for oh, inflation. Good. Okay, he did the math for us, Megan. He did the math. Thank God. <laughs> I did the math pre-recording. So yeah, in, in today's money, it would be like 82 to $195 per fucking like 5 by 7 photograph. But like photography in Victorian London was huge because it was something new. You want to know what else was huge in uh, Victorian London? I have uh, a feeling it has something to do with dead babies. Uh, diphtheria, typhus, cholera. Tuberculosis. Um, uh... Tuberculosis. Uh, and then there was that one time where everyone got the Spanish flu. Like, yeah, epidemics were kind of the thing in Victorian London. Have you tried the Spanish flu? It's all the rage. Uh, by Jove, I have. By Jove, I think um... he's got it. <laughs> so something that kind of started coming out of this culture was uh, trinkets of memento mori. Meaning, and translating from the Italian literally means... Remember, you must die. Okay. Which, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, personally. I think no, it's that's, great. No, it's really cool, but it's also, like, it morbidly, you know, reminiscent, right, in Victorian London, where, like, death is always around the corner, and there's kind of nothing you can do about it, because, like, medicine's not the greatest. Yeah, like, they still got the plague daddies. <laughs> the, pla- sure. the plague daddies, what they're what people went to college and like majored in. <laughs> them, them 
beaky plague daddies. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh I why are no you here? I had no idea what you were talking about. And then you said the beaky the... plague daddies, and I was like, oh, plague doctors. Oh, the plague. Yeah, for anyone who hasn't got it yet, it's the plague doctors. The plague doctors. I them as plague daddies. Yeah, but like they rocked <laughs> up to like King's College, and they're like, I want to take that major in plague daddy. Uh, and they're like, oh, right this way. Uh, I must come out of this as a plague daddy. A <laughs> plague daddy. <laughs> yes, excellent. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, you know, basically what ended up happening is like a lot of these memento moris you'd take from people that you loved that died. Mm. So you'd have brooches that would have your deceased one's hair inside of them. Or mm. like things like that. Which, there are some really beautiful ones, like they'd tie the hair into these n- nice intricate knots and then, like, put it inside this brooch. And it, it's pretty looking until you realize it's like, oh yeah, that's grandma's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Carry it around with you always, Cynthia. Ah, yes. Cynthia, remember, your grandmother gave this hair to you. Um, but yeah, and the other thing is, as I said, there's a lot of plagues. But plagues also hit uh, nurseries. So Victorian nurseries had a lot of measles, diphtheria, scarlet fever, rubella, all of which in Victorian England, uh, yeah, definitely could be fatal. Infant and child mortality uh, with a death rate for children below five years of age in 1849 reached around 33% in some areas of London. Oh my god. A one in three chance you weren't gonna fucking make it, buddy. Never tell me the odds. Never tell me the odds, yeah. Because they're not in my favor. <laughs> because I don't understand them because I'm an infant. <laughs> so, here's the thing. You can see where this is going. No. Yep. Photography is expensive. Uh-huh. Yep. A lot of people and children die. Uh-huh. Yep. I see where the this is going. The chances of getting a f- photograph while they're alive is very Dead slim. people no. photographs. Yep. So they photographed a lot of dead kids. And I'm not talking just like, oh my god, like we're going to do like a funeral arrangement and take a picture of the funeral arrangement. No, they would be like, okay, we still got three kids that are alive. We're going to prop the dead one up with a stick and make the other three stand next they to it. They fucking weekend at Bernie's babies? Yes! They would weekend at Bernie babies Are you fucking photographs. And this was, like, common practice, where they'd just be like, oh, yep, bury the boy, bury the boy. But before we bury the boy, hold the boy up with a stick so we can make the other boys stand next to it and take a photograph. Hold the boy up with a stick. Sally, stop crying. Your brother's not coming back. Deal with it. Sally, this isn't about you. We're going to have you playing volleyball with your sister, Sally. Yes, I know Sally died two weeks ago. But daddy's going to be over here piloting her with a series of strings. It'll be fun and it'll look great. (laughs) Daddy, I don't want to play with puppet Sally. (laughs) (laughs) What you want does not matter. This is Victorian England. You're barely a person (laughs) before the age of 10. Oh my God. That's so... Okay, so I'll say this. Killing 650 people... That's a lot. Eating a a baby, that is also a lot. Weekend at Bernieing an infant so that you can post a picture for... Okay, so... 
Post a picture on your Victorian social media. This is, yeah, you're posting a picture on Victorian Facebook is what I'm trying to equate this to. Like, you've got their picture over your mantle and you're like, oh, yes, we went down to Reginald. He took a great picture. Didn't your boy die last week? Yes, but we simply didn't bury him and took a picture for the laughs. It's So the problem is, and, and I know we're joking about this and I know this is turning into a bit, but that's kind of what happened. They would, like, take these photographs, and it's, like, would be the centerpiece of a home. Because photographs were so expensive, it would literally be like, oh, yeah, sorry, we uh, had the funeral, and we also got this really large portrait of the dead child. Like, and it was displayed, and people would, they'd, like, be, hey, look at this picture of my dead kid. Look at this photograph. Every time I do it reminds me of my dead son. (laughs) So as, much. as much as we're joking about this, like, I kind of get it, right? In a time where there wasn't a lot of, like, there was probably no aftercare when it comes with the death of a child because it is so common. Like, taking a picture of your dead child, or I'm looking at some of them and they took pictures with, like, dead pets, too, yeah. is sort of a way to be, like everything is bad and people die all the time but like this makes me feel better i guess but like i would understand this is my thing right is like i would understand if you were taking like a tasteful picture of funeral proceedings or something like that you know what i mean or i guess to some degree i could understand maybe asking someone to do like maybe like an artist to do like an artist rendering of the baby which again would be this huge that would just be gross because they're spending prolonged amounts of time like drawing a dead baby right i don't so much go in for the idea of propping a baby up with a stick and is it the stick is that is that what's catching you it's not the stick it It really it would be just as bad if like they had a bunch of props literally turned into a puppet yeah like it would i mean yeah if you tied fucking string onto its arms and piloted around that would be that would be awful but I'm, I'm just saying, like, I there's part of this that I just can't wrap my head around. I think the other thing we have to think about, though, and, and the reason why... And I'm not saying, hey, if your kid dies, make sure you weakened at Bernie them. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like, this was a culture and a time where... Where everyone's dying again, and you need to... Again, 33% yeah. in some areas. And, like, that whole mentality is also this mentality of... Well, let's make sure we have six kids because it's possible that at least two of them will die. Yeah, and again, I see that and I understand that and I understand wanting to like, but I'm so much more comfortable with keeping a keepsake like a baby booty or something that you can like preserve in brass or something as opposed to like, well, we're rich and we've got money to spend. So let's prop Junior up with a stick and fucking take a picture, shall we? But see, that's the thing. It wasn't really... Like, I mean, rich people did this, but rich people could afford to do photography. Oh, they had pictures of all five of their dead kids. Yeah, I get it. But no, what I'm saying (laughs) is, like, they could definitely snap a picture of the kids before they kicked the bucket. Yeah, yeah, so this sounds like it was more for the middle to lower class. The middle to lower class, where it was like, okay, we saved up enough money, 
to get a picture of all the kids. Well, one or two of them died before we could do it, so we're just gonna prop them up. Here's my concern. Here's here's my genuine concern with this, and this is probably the underlying thing that has been gnawing at me this whole time, is what happens if your kid dies right after you take a picture of one of your dead kids? And you are one of these poor families. Like, do you hold on to do another one? Do you go back to the same photographer and like, hey, buddy, you took a picture of one of my dead kids yesterday, but can we take another picture today of my other dead kid, please? The thing is, most of the portraits, especially like with children, Mm -hmm. if there's more than one child in the family, it's not individual portraits. Because again, really expensive. No, but like what I'm saying is... It's like a group photo. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So what if you're taking a picture of your whole family and one of your kids is still alive in this picture, right? But then, God forbid, something happens yeah. the next week. You've already mm-hmm. paid the $80 to get a picture of your family together. Well, I guess you already have a picture of your family together. Yeah, so, the, so the other I think dying, that's what Zach's yeah. saying, right? Like, Sorry, if it, one of your kids dies. Look, yeah. I'm going to be real honest with you. It's 1126 at night, and my brain didn't connect to those dots until I spoke them out <laughs> no, loud. No, so. that that makes a lot of sense. But also, yeah. like, to to sort of add on to this as, like, a, a finisher, if you will. Finish Like, it. one of the finish it <laughs> you one beat of, me to it one of the important things to keep in mind that like i i was taught in one of my classes was you sort of have to view these stories the way that they would have viewed them at the time because it is very easy to get caught up in a contemporary lens and be like hey why would they do this that's like yeah. barbaric i don't think or... i have so much i'm not it's not really me being hung up on what it looks like from a contemporary standpoint because i do understand like the memento mori yeah if someone dies keep a memento of them to remind you that yeah. someday you're gonna die too or like to keep them alive in your heart or whatever I just don't love the idea of propping baby up on a stick. It's and the taking stick, a dude. I know you hate the stick. <laughs> it's macabre. It's macabre. It's morbid. It's 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 gross. No, but like, but at the same frame... time, I also like understand. It's it's this weird disconnect because again, I'm glad you got a picture at any cost. Yeah. But at the same time, it is very it, it is very morbid. But this was also a time, as I said, that like Victorian London. Was we gross. think of it as like this. This we hold with this certain rose-tinted lens, but it was a a culture obsessed with death because death was so prominent. Yeah, I love. No, it. I think I think <laughs> my issue for sure is the stick. Now that we've come around to it, and again, yeah, I, I knew it. I, think, I uh, knew it. I think. Well, the whole concept of weekend at Bernie's is pretty gross, and to say <laughs> that you're doing it with a baby is even grosser. That's like if Boss yeah. Baby crossed with Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> And they're just trying Alec to get... Alec Baldwin yeah. does <laughs> They're just trying to get a fucking picture of the family together. Alec Baldwin as Boss Baby. As Weekend at Alec, Bernie's. It's, it's Alec Baldwin, but we just shave him. So he looks like a giant <laughs> oh baby. My oh my god. <laughs> but, he plays a dead person. But it, I, don't, I don't want it to seem like I don't understand. Because I think our no. listeners will probably take like... They'll be like, damn, Matt's going really fucking hard against these (laughs) grieving parents. And it's not that I don't understand their grief. And it's not that I don't understand, you know, the lens that I'm seeing it through. It's just you prop your baby up with a stick, bro. (laughs) 
No, it's it's definitely <laughs> yeah. a lot. I just want it like, to be known yeah. that canonically, I hate sticks. Okay, canonically, yeah, there it is. The sticks are bad. I knew it. I knew it. I will deny it. Every episode beyond this, I will deny that that's anything. But I hate them. Yeah. Understandable, understandable. I mean, you can you can hate on them all you want, but they're they're there. I mean, <laughs> don't be afraid of them. They're everywhere. Go. Don't be yeah. afraid of them. Go for a hike in the woods. What are you gonna do? Go hike? for a hike in the woods. But yep. yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's all from us tonight, right? That does seem like a good place to end it with my natural fear of sticks. Do you want to? I, I was going to say, I will say, I think despite our fact that we didn't think we were going to get any laughs, I think there were some good I laughs think we in all this uh, chuckled. episode, you we know? We chuckled in the face of death, which is something that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten about it. <laughs> Never forget the rubber chicken. I hate it. Oh my god. That was a good one. <laughs> I forgot about it. If you guys, um... If you guys don't have any more information, I have one more question before we wrap things up. Go ahead. Hit me with it. What the fuck, spooky history? what you hear from the triumvirate productions and what the fuck history we encourage you to tell a friend we don't pay for any ads so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us you can find us on facebook at the triumvirate productions on twitter at triumvirate underscore pod and on instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.